Welcome to the keynote podcast from Kingdom Faith. Today's message is by Pastor Colin Urquhart. What is God's will for your life? That's what we're going to be focusing on this week. God's will for us and how he enables the outworking of that will. Now, there is a lot of confusion among Christians about the will of God. And you often hear people say that such and such is his will when clearly it is not his will. Now, is that simply because people deceive themselves or they want to be deceived into thinking that something that isn't his will is his will? Or is it that they don't really understand the will of God? Or perhaps a mixture of the two? What we have to understand is that there are two completely different, and they are different, different ways of understanding the will of God. There is, first of all, his permissive will. Now that comes obviously from the word to permit. So we can understand that this is what the Lord allows. There are certain things that God allows. But the will of God that we read of in Scripture is the sovereign will of God. And his sovereign will is totally different from his permissive will. Just as you can see, this is what he permits. This is where he reigns. And the first part of the word comes from an old English word which means really super or above all. The sovereign reign of God is where he reigns above all. The one who alone reigns. So this is what God wants. So there is a big difference between what he permits and what he wants. Let me give you an example. God permits the devil to go to and fro over the face of the earth, tempting and testing people. 
He permits that. His sovereign will is that we overcome the devil because he has overcome him on the cross. So his permissive will is to allow the devil to exist. His sovereign will is that the devil will be overcome by faith in all that Jesus has done. He permits you to do what, he, you, what you want. He has given you free will, and he never will interfere with the exercise of your free will. You are always free to choose whatever you decide to do. God will never decide for you. Even though you're predestined in love to be adopted as his child, you still have to make the decisions to do the will of God. His sovereign will is that you use your ability to choose in the right way. So as you heard last night or Sunday morning, in that brilliant presentation that Pastor Clive gave of God's purpose for us this, this year, is that he is supreme in everything. So he permits us to make whatever decisions we choose to make. His sovereign will is that we make the right decisions so that he actually is expressing his reign, and that he is above all in our lives, that he is supreme. So you could say in his permissive will, he allows us to sin. His sovereign will is that we shall never sin. Are we getting this? So you see... Christians so often deceive themselves by saying, oh, such and such is the will of God, because he allows it. Whereas, in fact, what God is concerned about is that we live under his, or in his sovereign will, under his sovereign reign. Now, Jesus, of course, When he shared our humanity, both these things were possible for him. So you see, in the Garden of Gethsemane, before he goes to the cross, Jesus is praying, may it be your permissive will to let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, if that's not your sovereign will, not my will, but yours be done. So you see, this can often be what we want. This is what God wants. So Jesus, earlier in his ministry, says, I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. So he had his will, the ability to choose 
Otherwise, he would not have shared our humanity. He would not have been as weak as we are and tempted in every way as we are. So I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. So if we are going to be faithful to the Lord, we could say, not my will, but yours be done. Just like Jesus did. That, of course, is knowing and understanding what God's will is. Now, Jesus made it very clear that this is the only way in which disciples can live. Because he said, if, if any one would follow me, anyone, he must deny himself. He must deny what I allow and take up his cross and follow me and do what I want. That's what it means to be a disciple. At any point in our lives, any moment of any day, we can do what God allows, but not necessarily what he wants. So what God is wanting to, to do in our hearts and lives, and indeed in the lives of every Christian, is to bring us to the place where we are really intent, devoted, dedicated to doing his sovereign will. That's another way of saying that we want Jesus Christ to rule and reign in us. Now, why do so many Christians really live at the level of his permissive will rather than at the level of his sovereign will? The answer to that is simple. It's because they're not really submitted or surrendered to the sovereign will of God. They have never actually come to that point of fully surrendering to his sovereign will. They've never actually come to the point of saying, not my will, but yours be done. The truth of the matter is that most people want a mixture, something of God's sovereign will, but something of their own will as well. And indeed, that is the situation in every Christian's life, certainly when they begin their life of discipleship. But if we grow to maturity in the things of the Spirit, then there's less and less of his permissive will and more and more of his sovereign will. And that's got nothing to do with how long a person has been a Christian, but of how submitted they are to the Lord right from the very beginning of their Christian experience. Really, when 
we lead people to the Lord, we might not use this terminology because they wouldn't understand it. But what we want to do is to make it right, clear right from the very beginning that their lives, once they have turned to Christ, their lives are not their own, that they belong to God, that he has redeemed them, he's paid the price for them, and therefore for the rest of their lives they will be devoted to Jesus and dedicated to his sovereign will. Now again, we wouldn't use that language necessarily with someone we're leading to the Lord, but that is what we're aiming to do, and we need to explain whatever needs to be explained so that they understand that. Because then, right from the very beginning, you have got not just a decision, but a disciple. And just because people make decisions does not make them disciples. And God's call upon our lives is to be disciples. So, <clears throat> God can only actually reveal his sovereign will, will to people because he has to do that to their hearts in as much as they are submitted to his will. There's no point in God revealing what his will is to someone he knows is not in the position to do it. Hello? So, he knows our hearts. We can't hide anything from him. He perceives what is within our hearts at all times. So he knows how much of his sovereign will he can reveal to us according to what the nature and condition of our heart is at any given time. Now, <clears throat> Jesus says that he has come not to do his own will, but the will of his Father. Now, it's plain, it's obvious, that that involved him living in obedience to the will of his Father, and that he could only live in obedience because of his love for the Father. And you remember that Jesus said that very clearly uh, at the Last Supper, that uh, he remained in the Father's love because he obeyed his commands. He remained at one with the Father, in unity with the Father, through his obedience. He came as the servant, not as the mighty king. He came as a servant because he was here to serve the purposes of his father and was perfectly submitted to the will of his father, even to the point of being prepared to go to the cross. But you see, the cross would have been of no effect if Jesus had not been obedient at every point during his life before the cross. 
that sacrifice would not have been the perfect sacrifice that could take away all of our sins unless Jesus had been perfectly obedient. So we see in Jesus, in his humanity, that he actually had to live under the sovereignty of his Father in order to then be restored to that sovereignty in glory once he had fully accomplished the will of God here on earth. So we can see that what God is aiming to do in our hearts and lives is to bring us to the same place that Jesus was in where our love for God is so great that we not only desire to do his will, but we actually do it. That we live and walk every day of our lives in the will of God. Not his permissive will, but in his sovereign will. Right, now I want you to park all that I've said just for a few minutes. Because this is the point to which God wants to bring us this week. That by the end of the week, not only we, but the way he moves in the evening encounter meetings also, in such a way that he brings us as a body, not just as individuals, but as a body to the surrender to his sovereign will for our lives personally and for kingdom faith. It's great to have the description of what his will is for the church in the coming months, but that's only going to be outworked in as much as we're submitted to his sovereign will. And the more we are submitted to his sovereign will, the more we will see the will of God for us not only what he wants from us, but the will of God for us being outworked. So this is where we've got to begin the week. We see where, where God wants to take us, but we've firstly got to understand what is God's sovereign will for us. Not, not simply what he wants of us, that, like Jesus, is going to be the life of obedience to his sovereign will out of our love for him. But that love is a response to his love for us. We can only love because he first loves us. So what we need to understand first is what is God's sovereign will for your life personally? In other words, what does he want to do for you? Because he knows there's nothing you can do for him without first allowing him to do for you what he desires to do for you. Let me just give you a, a simple example so you can see what I mean. Whatever we do in our own strength always proves ineffective and doesn't produce the fruit that glorifies God in our lives. 
But if we allow him to anoint and fill and to keep breathing the life of his spirit into us, then we can outwork or fulfill his will and purpose in the power of God himself. So he wants to do for us, by the impartation of his spirit, before ever he expects anything of us. In other words, God gives before he receives. And this, of course, is a principle of the kingdom of God. So what does God want to do for you? Well, let's look for a moment at what Jesus has done. We know that when he went to the cross, he not only died for you, but you died with him. You have been crucified with Christ, so you no longer live, but Christ lives in you. As Paul says, you have died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. This is something that you have not done for yourself. This is not the permissive will of God. This is the sovereign will of God. To take you to the cross, put you to death, so that you could have a new life. But that's not just a new life so that you could be content with doing the permissive will of God. But in that new life, your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Do we have any believers here this morning? Okay. So this is what God has already done for you. Now, in God, are you still breathing? In God, there is only his sovereign will. So what you see in the life of Jesus, who lived the will of God perfectly, is only the sovereign will, never the permissive will. Everything in his life was submitted to the reign of his father. He could reign in life because he was submitted to the reign of his father. So he lived at one with the Father. Now you know these things well. So he could say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The Father and I are one. Now, in his humanity, he was independent of the Father. The Father was in heaven, he was on earth. 
But he lived in such unity, in such submission, in such surrender, that he'd say, well, I'm not here to do my own will, I'm here to do your will. So not my will, but yours be done. So what we see in the life of Jesus is that sovereign will being outworked all the time. Now, why was that unity with his father so essential? Because what Jesus was doing here on earth was not only preaching about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, but he was demonstrating the life of the kingdom of heaven. Now, he could only demonstrate the life of the kingdom of heaven if he was at one with the Father in heaven. So what you see as you read the Gospels is the life of heaven being expressed in Jesus. And this is why he says right at the beginning of his ministry, the time has come The kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is now at hand, is now within reach, is now about to be expressed here on earth. So repent and believe the good news. The good news that the kingdom of heaven has come to earth and is to be expressed in the life of all those who believe in Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. So what we see in Jesus is him living in total unity with the Father, complete love for the Father, therefore complete obedience to the Father, because he lived in complete submission to the will of his Father. Therefore, he demonstrated the life of heaven here on earth. Now, how does this affect us? Well, what did Jesus do through the crucifixion, the resurrection, and his return to heaven? When we read the epistle to Hebrews, and you were reading that uh, fairly recently, one of the ways in which Jesus is described is as our great high priest. He is the high priest who has entered into the heavenly holy of holies if you like, into the very throne room of God. And he had the right to do that because of the way he lived in submission to his Father, in total obedience and love for his Father while he was on earth. So he is not only the sacrifice for our sins, but he is the one who offers the sacrifice, the high priest, who has entered into the Holy of Holies 
not with the blood of animals like the earthly high priest did on the Day of Atonement, but with his own blood. Now, what is he doing in heaven as our high priest? What we read in the epistle to Hebrews is that he is continually ministering to us. He is continually ministering to us from heaven. And he is ministering in the power of an endless, indestructible life. He was sent by the Father with this gift of eternal life. And eternal life is God's life. It's the divine life. It's the everlasting, eternal, indestructible life of God. And from heaven, he is constantly ministering that life to us. The agent, if you like, through whom he does this is the Holy Spirit. And this is why Jesus says the Holy Spirit speaks nothing from himself. He actually does nothing on his own initiative. The role of the Holy Spirit is to enable us to receive that flow of endless life that Jesus is ministering from the throne of God in heaven as our high priest. So what does this mean in practice? That God's purpose is for him to minister, to serve us, to be constantly pouring out that endless life from heaven. Heaven's life in you. What does it mean to say that Christ is in you? The life of heaven is in you. What does it mean to say that the kingdom of God is not over here or over there, but the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is within you? The life of heaven is within you. And that you are living in such submission to the sovereign will of God that that life from heaven is constantly being ministered to you by Jesus himself. Constantly poured into your life so that more and more of the life of heaven will be expressed through your life. And what we see in Jesus is that life being expressed, the life of heaven. Every time he heals someone, every time there's a miracle, every time there's a transformed life, heaven has been at work here on earth. So the degree to which God is able to use us effectively, the amount of fruit, of lasting fruit, that we're able to produce for the glory of God is dependent upon how that flow of life from heaven is flowing into our lives and through our lives and out of our lives. Now, when we content ourselves with his permissive will, with what he allows, that flow ceases. 
because we might be doing what he allows but not what he wants. It's only when we do what he wants that the flow of that life is expressed through what we are saying and doing. Now, how does Jesus put all this in what he says? Well, key verse is in John 10.10 where Jesus says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that men may have life. What life? Heaven's life. God's life. Divine life. But not just have life. Have life in all its fullness. Have the abundance of the life of heaven. Have the abundance of the life of God. That's why I've come. And this is why he was saying to the disciples, don't think that the kingdom is over there or the reign of God is over here. The kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven or the reign of God is in you as you submit your lives to me. Deny yourself and take up your cross and follow after me. So what is God's sovereign will for your life? That heaven is seen in your life every day. That the life of heaven flows through your life to impact the lives of others around you. That you are expressing the heavenly, divine life of God. Now, your self-life, your flesh life, is utterly opposed to that. Which is why Jesus said, if anyone would follow me, he has to deny himself. But the life of the Spirit within you is encouraging that and enabling that. So it's in as much as you are submitted to the life of the Spirit that actually that life that God intends, that fullness of his life, that abundance will be expressed in your life. Right, now, to understand then the sovereign will of God for us, we have to understand this word abundant. Can you see that if in reality you were full of God's life, there would be no room left for you. You can't be full of him and full of you. So this is why there is, to some degree, compromise in our lives, because there is still so much of us, of self, But what did John the Baptist say? The more of him, the less of me. He didn't say the less of me, the more of him. No, the more of him, the less of me. The more he pours his heavenly life into my life, the less room there is for me. The more of his life I will actually be manifesting, revealing, 
God's sovereign will for your life, for my life, for every believer, is that you have his life in all its fullness, in all its abundance. He is not a mean God sitting on his throne, dishing out little bits of life. His purpose is for abundance. Now, this is the work of his grace. That Jesus came full of grace and truth. So you see, Paul and others therefore speak of the way he lavishes his grace upon us. Abundant grace. Not little bits of grace. Abundant grace. Because God's sovereign will is for us to have abundant life. And of course, as you know, mercy is the gateway to his grace. So it's only out of his abundant mercy that we can experience that abundant grace that enables us to have his abundant life. Not just as a gift to us when we're first born again, but in the way that he enables us to live in his abundance. Now Jesus says that there is something in our lives that demonstrates whether we're living in the abundance or not. And that is his joy. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full, may be abundant. The more of his abundant life, the more of his abundant joy. The more of his abundant mercy, the more of his abundant grace in our lives, the more of his abundant joy. Which is why Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Why? Because if you're not rejoicing, you're not living in his abundance. You might be walking in his permissive will, but not his sovereign will. Because his sovereign will is that you're rejoicing always because you have abundant joy. So Peter talks of this Joy that is so great can't be described. And it's totally unbelievable for people with long faces to say, well, I have the joy of the Lord within me. Hallelujah. I mean, if we're filled with joy, the joy shows. And God has actually given you a face to express the joy of the Lord. Amen? That we are to reflect his glory. And you see, this is the abundance. It's the abundance. What is the abundance of this heavenly life that he wants to pour into it? It's his glory. He has created us for his glory. 
Now his glory is not revealed in his permissive will, but only in his sovereign will. Where he reigns, his glory is revealed. Where he reigns, there is the fullness of life. There is the fullness of grace. There is the fullness of his mercy. There is the fullness of joy. So, it's only possible for us to live in his sovereign will by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, people resort to his permissive will, not his sovereign will. But God, Jesus, is the author and the perfecter of our faith in the sovereign will of God. So that he can rule and reign in our lives and through our lives. So faith says, yes, God's purpose is for me to live in abundance. So I have an abundant mentality. I have an abundant attitude. Therefore, I have abundant speech. Because as Jesus says, it's the overflow of the heart that causes us to say what we say. So if I have faith in my heart for God's abundance, I'm speaking abundant life, abundant love, abundant provision, abundant joy, Abundant power, everything of God's abundance. So there's no negativity in my speech, either about myself or about others. No judgment, no condemnation, not even self judgment or self condemnation. Because I am in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation for me or for anybody else who is in Christ Jesus, so I don't speak condemnation, don't think condemnation, don't look at others with condemnation. But I think fullness. Why do we see so little of God's activity? Because really, that's all we do see at present. We can be thankful for what we see, but by comparison with what he's able to do, it's little. But that's not the sovereign will of God. He's talking to us this year about harvest, about multiplication. That is the fruit of abundance. So as always, with the outworking of the will of God, he has to start with us. So he asks the question this morning, do you believe me? Do you believe you have the abundance? Do you speak as if you believe you have the abundance? 
Abundant life, abundant joy, abundant grace, abundant faith, abundant provision, abundant power. Do you believe it? Do you believe my word? I set out a few weeks ago to write a short book on God's abundance. And I still haven't started it because there is so much in Scripture about abundance, it'll end up by being a library, not a little book. <laughs> it's amazing how when you get into the Scriptures, how much there is about God's will for us is abundant. And yet so often when we pray, we wonder whether God's going to give, whether God's going to do, whether anything is going to happen. Instead of realizing we have the abundance of heavenly authority, we have the abundance of his heavenly life, we have the abundance of his heavenly power, that according to the scripture we lack nothing. You have come to the fullness of life that is in Christ Jesus, the scripture says. Not you will come, but as a believer, you have come. So if Jesus says, I have come that men may have life and have it in abundance, and you profess to be a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, and to have received new life, the life and power of his spirit. Therefore you have his abundance. That abundant life is yours. Paul expresses what this means when he says, God has blessed you in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. That's abundance. But it's every blessing in heaven. It's the heavenly life. It's not God just improving your earthly life. It's not God enabling you to do a little bit more with the natural giftings that you have because you have consecrated those giftings to the Lord. No, it's his heavenly life. It's the life of God. It's the life of his spirit. For whom nothing is impossible. That's the fullness of life that you have. But you see, you only believe what you say. The only way to know what faith is truly in your heart is to listen to yourself speak. See, if we believed that we had that abundance, we would never speak about need or lack, but only of God's provision, God's answer, God's fullness. Jesus says, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Why does he say that? Because you believe that you have received his fullness. 
And in the fullness of his life, there is the answer, no matter what your situation, no matter what your need. That actually you don't go around speaking about the need, but you speak about the fullness. You speak about the provision for the need. You speak about the answer to the situation. Because you're a person of faith. Any believers in the room? So you see, while we're not speaking fullness, we're doubting. We're actually guilty of unbelief. But praise God for his abundant mercy, which means he's always ready to forgive us and say, okay, get with it. Get with what my sovereign will for you is. Before ever you can understand what my sovereign will that is to be outworked in your life is. First, you have to believe that I have given you the abundance of which my word speaks. Jesus lived in that abundance because of his unity with the Father. And there's a word in scripture, can any two walk together unless they are agreed? Amos. Well, you can't walk with Jesus if you don't agree with him. You can't live at one with Jesus in the way he intends in his sovereign will unless you agree with him. If there's any disagreement with what he says and you says, somebody has to be wrong and you're only allowed one guess as to who that is. See, it's when what you say about yourself agrees with what he says about you that you are then one. Now everything for the outworking of his sovereign will in our lives is dependent upon what Jesus said to the disciples at the Last Supper, that we continue to live in him and he in us. That as the Father has loved Jesus, so he has loved us, so we live continually in his love, abide in his love, remain in his love. But you see, to live in him is to live in fullness, is to live in abundance. And if we live in his abundance, his abundance will live in us. Abide in me is not living in some stingy God who doesn't give unless you really twist his arm and then he'll only give the minimum. No, 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 God isn't like that. He's the God of abundant mercy, the God of abundant grace, who lavishes his grace upon us, who lavishes his gifts upon us, who wants us to know we have the fullness of his life. We have. 
the fullness of his life. That he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. But, as with Jesus, so with us. The fullness can only be expressed through our unity with the Father. So you see, everything in Jesus' life was focusing people on the Father. He wasn't focusing on himself. He was, he was bringing people into relationship with the Father. And he taught us to pray, our Father. That we are the children of God. That he is our elder brother. That we serve the Father as he served the Father. So it's the will of the Father that is expressed in Jesus. And so then is expressed in our lives. So from the Father, through the ministry of the high priest in heaven, that heavenly life continues to flow into us. Jesus could only express that fullness in his life and ministry through his unity with the Father. So he said, I speak no words of my own. I speak only the words my Father gives me to speak. Why? Because he was in unity with the Father. He was at one with the Father. If he opened his mouth, it was the Father who was speaking through him. These things that you see me doing, these miracles, they're not my miracles. They're the works of the Father who sent me. Why? I can't do anything myself. This is Jesus. I can't do anything myself. He has the fullness of life that we have, but he says, I can't do anything myself because if I do anything of myself, that's in his permissive will. It's not in his sovereign will. And I haven't come here for his permissive will. I've come for his sovereign will. Not my will, but yours be done. This has been building up in me for weeks, so are you ready? <laughs> We're only just getting started. But this is going to be a term when you will live in the fullness. And what you are going to see is increasingly that fullness of life, that fullness of love, that fullness of power, that fullness of God's provision in your life, flowing through your life, because of the way you are connected to heaven. And the high priest, your high priest in heaven, is ministering to you every day in the power of an endless, indestructible life. Heaven's life in you. You're going to learn to impart. You know, still I, I see when we have times of impartation, so often people are praying for a long time over people and probably having prophetic words and everything. That's not impartation. Impartation is having heaven's life and saying, here it is, receive it, now! That's impartation. It's not a load of words. It's the power, the life, the abundance of God getting released into somebody else's life. 
We need to see ourselves as imparters. God sends us out into the world to impart his life, not just to speak of it. Because the kingdom of God is not a battle of talk, but of power. And the more we impart life, the more that happens. And the more people will be drawn around what God does. The greatest witness, the greatest testimony to the presence of God, the reality of God, are the things that he does. Not just people that talk about him because they know about him. Jesus was not sent just to talk. He talked, he preached, he revealed. We do that. But he says, I've come to impart life in all its fullness. So when he sent the disciples out, he said to them, go and preach the gospel of the kingdom. But don't only preach. Heal the sick, impart. Cleanse the lepers, impart. Raise the dead, impart. Cast out demons, impart. Because you have the life. I'm sending you out with the life. Now they weren't even filled with the Spirit at that point. But the Spirit of God obviously went with them. Impartation. And impartation is not through a few people with miracle working or healing ministries. God's divine sovereign will is that every believer imparts life because he or she receives life. Why do we use a lot of words when we pray? Because we don't believe few words will work. Which is just a sign of our unbelief. You're not going to impress God to do something because you pray a long prayer. He sees the faith. He sees where you impart. It only takes him a few seconds to impart. But we have to believe that God will impart life through us because we have that life. Not because we're devoid of that life. You see, you can only give what you have first received. So even in the life of Jesus, you see him drawing aside by himself, sometimes spending all night in prayer, just to be at one with his father in the place of receiving from his father, so that when it came to the business of ministry the following day, he, the life of heaven would flow through him. The father would be revealed through the son. So this is going to be an exciting few months, isn't it? This is going to be an exciting year. I, I have vision of the whole church coming to a place where everybody is confident that they can impart. That if they pray for anyone, 
God's power will be imparted. I believe God's, this is God's purpose for the whole church. And this great vision that God is giving us for harvest is going to come about because we are imparters of the life that we have received, that is ours, and that we receive constantly. It's like there is this flow of life through our lives because of our unity with the Father and with the Son in the power of the Spirit. So this is our starting point this week. Goodbye to this and hello to this. I'm not going to be content any longer, Lord, with what you've allowed in my life. What I want now is what you want in my life. Not my will, but yours be done. And I surrender to your sovereignty. And in surrendering to your sovereignty, I am able to reveal the fullness of your life, the fullness of your grace, the fullness of your mercy, the fullness of your love, the fullness of your authority, the fullness of your power, the fullness of your joy. And you will be glorified. Because of your fullness. In my life. Don't spend any time wondering what your ministry is to be, what God is going to do with you in the future. Because whatever he is able to do with you in the future will be dependent upon how fully you live in his abundance. So just focus now on living in his abundance, of being the person of faith he calls you to be. Then he will open up for you whatever ministry he has planned for you. But that ministry, whatever it is, will come out of that abundance because you are submitted to his sovereign will for your life. Anybody say amen? amen. Let's all stand, shall we?
Oh, hallelujah. These evenings, three evenings, are going to be evenings of impartation. God is going to impart his heavenly life. Not just to us, but to all. All who come from the church, all who are there. Evenings of impartation. Hallelujah. But first there has to be the faith. Now, just close your eyes so you're focusing on the Lord. But first, just be honest. Honest with yourself. Honest with God. Because you can't fool him. Are there ways in which you have been content with his permissive will, with what he allows? Do you realize that there's stuff going on in you now that he has allowed, but actually it doesn't glorify him? doesn't reflect his life. There's nothing of God's abundance about it. Are you willing to let go of those things now? Say, Lord, I, I'm not content with what you allow. I only want what you want. I want what you want for me. First of all, for me, what you want for me. And then what you want to do in me and through me. And thank the Lord for his abundant mercy, his patience, his loving kindness, Thank him for whatever ways his sovereign will has already been expressed in your life. Because there's mixture in all of us. So, There's been a lot that has glorified him. As well as stuff that doesn't. So thank him that you have died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God, in the Father. So the fullness of his heavenly life can continually be poured into your life.
Hallelujah. Thank the Lord that he is your high priest in heaven. Ministering to you from the throne of God. From the throne of glory. From the throne of grace. That power of an endless life. But life that is so much greater than human life, worldly life, of any other life, so much more powerful than the devil's life, the devil's power. The devil's power is as nothing compared with his power. And he has given us authority over all the power of the evil one because our lives are hidden with Christ in God. We are one with him through the mercy and the grace, the abundant grace of the Lord Jesus. So just praise him that Jesus came to give you abundant life. That that abundant life is yours. Every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Every blessing that heaven has. The fullness of heaven's life. God has already blessed you with. Thank him for faith to believe that. Faith to lay hold of that life. For there to be the flow of that life from heaven through your life and out of your life. This is how God is going to break out. He's going to break out of your life with heaven's life. Not with your life. Not with earthly life. He's going to break out with heaven's life. <coughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's got to be heaven's life. By faith you lay hold of that life. Then it breaks free, flows out like rivers of living water. It's only as much as you lay hold of that can flow out. Hallelujah. So thank him, thank him that he's going to revive your faith this week. You're going to come to a new place of faith. Heaven is going to break out of your life. 
Oparazandari a little bacalasitri sandi. Oh, paparazadabari a little bacalasitri. Just like with Jesus, flow of heaven's life through his life, through his ministry. So there's going to be a flow of heaven's life through your life, through your ministry, whatever it is. Hallelujah. Heaven's life. Posta Galaria, the kingdom life. The life of God himself. The life of the heavenly king. Ruling, reigning, the sovereign will of God. Being outworked in your life. Come on, praise him and thank him. Now ask him to forgive the times when your speech has not reflected faith in his fullness. There's been negative negativity and unbelief and we don't have to analyze it all. Just say, Lord, forgive me. But from this moment, from this moment, my lips are going to speak of your abundance. Because I believe your word that you have given me that abundant life, heaven's life, God's life in all its fullness. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I have heaven's life. I have abundant life. I have abundant mercy, abundant grace, abundant love, abundant provision. God has supplied his abundance. He has not withheld anything from me. He is my all, my all in all. He has imparted to me all that he is and all that he has because I live in him and he lives in me. If he lives in me, his abundance is in me. The secret is this, Christ in you. Oh, the abundance of his life in you. The abundance of his life in me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for faith to believe I have the abundance. To believe your word. Not to argue, not to contradict, not to look at my feelings and my experience, but to look at your word and to speak your word over my life, over my experience. Thank you that your word will change my life and change my experience, change my circumstances. When I believe that I have what you say I have, can you see that you can only do what God says you can do when you believe you have what he says you have you have to believe that you have what he says you have and then you can do what he says you can do so thank you Lord for the faith to believe that I have all that you say I have Thank you, Lord. 
Bastagalaria lero bacalasitri, sandaria lero bacalasantum. Bastagalaria lero bacalasitri, sandaria lero bacalasantum. Postagalaria lero bacalasitri, sandum. Oh, papara sandaria lero bacalasitri, sandum. Now, just listen for a moment. Just keep your focus in prayer. Listen. You know, God has been talking to us about harvest and multiplication for some time. And, and he's brought us to the point where he said, well, now is the time for this. What's he been waiting for? He's been waiting for our submission to his sovereign will. Because what he wants to multiply is people coming into his sovereign will. Right from the beginning of their, of their Christian experience. So as we live this out, so God is going to bring people from out of darkness right into his sovereign will. Right from the beginning. I've seen this happen. This is what happens in times of revival and when the Spirit of God is moving in powerful ways. I've seen it happen, so I know it will happen. This is what God is going to do. This is why there's going to be harvest. He, he, he hasn't wanted a harvest of people coming into his permissive will. He's wanted a harvest of people coming into his sovereign will. He wants to multiply the number of people living in his sovereign will. So what he does in us, he's going to reproduce in many other people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We will be like leaven in the whole lump. I mean kingdom faith. I'm not, I'm not talking about those of us here at Rafi, but the whole of kingdom faith is going to be like leaven in this nation and beyond. A people devoted to his sovereign will, filled with his fullness, living that life of fullness. Heaven being released, breaking out of lives individually and corporately. In every, in every church activity, this means that heavenly life will be breaking out. In the small groups, in all the different areas of ministry that people are in. Whatever, that life will be evident. So we praise you, Lord. We bless you. Now it's only going to happen if that's what you want. Because the permissive will still exists, so if you don't want it, you won't have it. But if you want his sovereign will, God will work that sovereign will out in your life. Can we just lift our hands and praise him? Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we praise you, Lord. We bless you. O papara sandaria lero bacalasitri, sandaria lero bacalasitri, bastagalaria lero bacalasitri, sandaria lero bacalasitri, bostagalaria lero bacalasitri, sandaria lero bacalasitri, bastagalaria lero bacalasitri, sandaria 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 lero Bustagalaria lero bacalasitri, sandaria lero bacalasandu. 
Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. It's not what we have been or have been doing that matters. It's where we're going now. Hallelujah. It's the way we're walking forward with you. Stepping out into the future at one with you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that our lives are now, 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 hidden with Christ in the fullness of the life of God. And thank you, Lord, we have come to that fullness of life. And we bless you for every way in which that fullness is going to be revealed and manifested through our lives. Praise your holy name. Praise your holy name. Can you just say to the Lord as we draw to a close now, not my permissive will, not, not, not your permissive will, but your sovereign will in my life. That in everything, Christ will have the supremacy. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com.